0: Everyone, Sarah here. Just want to give you a heads up that Google Podcasts will be get my teeth in discontinued at some point in the new year. If you are currently using Google Podcasts, don't fret. You can still listen to our episodes in lots of different ways. We're available on all the podcast playing apps such as Spotify, Apple, Amazon. You can also listen to episodes via our web player on our website. Loads of different ways. In the show notes, there'll be a link to our website and a link to all the directories where you can subscribe. Why should you subscribe? Well, you get notifications when new episodes are available. This is the SEO Mindset Podcast with your hosts, Sarah McDowell and Tasmin Sullivan. This podcast is for SEO professionals, and each week, with the help of our wonderful guests, we discuss the important stuff that actually affects our careers and progression. But sadly, often doesn't get talked about. You know, the invaluable, soft, and interpersonal skills that are often taken for granted, such as the skills we need for listening, time management, communication, and more. We also talk about the big issues that affect us and our careers, such as burnout, imposter syndrome, self-belief, saying no, plus other big issues and obstacles. With this podcast, we want to share knowledge on topics that unlock our listeners' true potential and enhance not only their careers, but all parts of their lives. So are you ready to prioritize your own personal growth and career development? Then let's crack on with this week's episode.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the SEO Mindset podcast. In this podcast, Sarah and I aim to help SEO professionals um, really optimize their careers, but alongside that, their lives as well. Today, I am joined by Claire Taylor, wonderful Claire Taylor. Claire and I met at Brighton SEO recently, and her talk certainly has led me to make changes in my life and my business, and I'm really excited to hear what pearls of wisdom she can share with us during the podcast. Cleve co-founded her digital marketing agency way back in 20... Um, 20 27? 2027? No, not twenty. Yeah, what am I saying? 2007. <laughs> I can't even say it. 2007. <laughs> <That long ago>. <laughs> <laughs> um, and she's helped countless clients achieve growth um, online and success in what is often a really crowded and competitive space. She clearly loves business, um, but she also has other passions alongside that which um, a lot of it is uh, outdoors, so hiking and running with her dog, Darcy, along the countryside. <laughs> um, I, I don't know how to do – I don't hike, so but we're not going to be talking about that. Um But we will be talking more and more about um, business and how to um, not let it rule your life. Before Claire and I talk, a few reminders of how people can support the podcast. So if you're enjoying what Sarah and I are doing and finding it valuable, there are numerous ways of supporting the podcast, one of which is to sign up to a one-off donation via the Buy Me A Coffee link, which is on the website. And there is also another link for the newsletter. So if you'd like to sign up to that, that would be wonderful too. Right, Claire, welcome. Welcome. How are you? Thank you. Yeah, I'm great. And thank you for asking me to come on. I'm
2: I'm looking forward to this.
1: I'm looking forward to it too as well, because um, your talk touched on um, a lot of topics but they really hit home and I'm hoping that um like I said, I've already taken action off the back of it. But um it it although this is um based around those people who have businesses, it can also the the advice I'm sure you'll be giving will be helping those people who are in a work environment as well in terms of um you know time management and things like that. But if we focus a little bit on those people in the SEO world who have started their own businesses, or indeed wider digital world. Why do you think so many people are starting their own businesses these days? I think
2: it comes down to freedom. I think people just want to have a little bit more control over their time Mm -hmm. and to enable them to have freedom over how they spend that time as well. And it's very difficult to do when you're working for somebody else so that was definitely the driver for for me when I started my business was just being able to you know have time with the family be at the school play for the kids and all that kind of stuff um yeah and and yeah just to get that freedom yeah.
1: So when you started, was there such a culture, um, because you go online now and there are numerous people telling you, start your own business and within six months you'll be earning this much money and having, you know, sitting on a yacht um, or on a beach, and it does paint a certain picture, which you and I know is not always a reality. What was the culture like then? Probably a bit less. Um
2: a bit less kind of in your face, maybe because social media wasn't really that popular then. It was kind of just starting. Mm-hmm. And certainly in the SEO industry, um I mean most of the people we were speaking to didn't even know what it was at the time. So, you know, it was quite early days from that perspective. And so I wasn't really aware of that whole, you know, get w- get rich quick kind of set up your business, do these three things and you'll be, you know, sat on a beach sipping a cocktail in two months Um, I've definitely seen that increase over time and it actually it's one of the things that frustrates me most really about especially social media but the online world generally is this whole belief that you you don't really need to work very hard to create success Mm -hmm. Um, I think you can once you've got there there are definitely things you can do to allow yourself you know that work-life balance and that's really what I'm all about but I I also don't believe that you you know you only have to kind of put half-hearted effort in and you're going to have a massively successful business I just don't think that's the case. Mm
1: -hmm. So you you mentioned one of the main reasons people go into starting their own business is freedom can you talk a little bit about what that means because um, when you're working for someone else obviously you've got the time restrictions but then there's also how you want your career to shape out type of freedom.
2: Yes, of course, because I think freedom means lots of different things to lots of different people, but it's an overriding kind of word that comes out when I speak to people about what they really what do you really want out of your life?
0: Mm-hmm. And
2: freedom is the one that comes up and not and not only in terms of time like you mentioned there, but also, you know, having the financial um freedom to be able to do the stuff that you really enjoy being able to experiment in what you're doing with your business or your career to try different things because not everything is gonna work out and actually mm-hmm. that's okay. And you can't really do that when you're working for somebody else because it's not, you know, it's not only your own business that you're you're risking, it's somebody else's. You can't really do that in the same way. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think freedom means can mean lots of different things for for different people, but ultimately it's about just having that choice over over what you do and being in control of your own um, life and where you want to go with it and what you want to do in the future. And I think mm-hmm. that's really the key driver, but certainly for lots of people that I speak to.
1: Yeah. And I guess more and more now, um, geographical freedom as well comes more into play. Yeah, sure. Um, I was yeah, sure. talking I mean, to some. I... Sorry, go ahead.
2: Sorry, go on. No, I was just going to say, I live in I live in Spain now. And I was, i wouldn't have been able to do that had I not, you know, changed the way that I ran my business. Uh, all of my team will now work remotely. Prior to that, and I still do this now, is you know, travel is something that I love to do, and so for me, traveling is a big, um, you know, passion, and I can do that now but I couldn't mm. have done and technology's definitely helped mm. but also the way in which I've been able to set my business up and run my business has allowed me to be able to say actually I'm going to go um, and travel for the next few weeks and know that um, I can do that and that's not going to cause a massive amount of stress on me from mm. a you know business perspective but also on my family because it's also if you're traveling with other people the impact that it has on them because you can't you can't just be like you know oh we're going to go so you're going to go on a two-week holiday with your family you can't then just leave them to it and disappear off and work the whole time that's that's not really Mm. fair on them or you so so that's really important from a you know freedom perspective again talking about freedom a lot here but but it's very it's a very valid um it's a very valid goal for a lot of people
1: yeah no and, and it rings true to me um Um, I can vouch as well that there is climate freedom. I'm sitting in Milton Keynes wearing a jumper and Claire is in a (laughs) sleeveless top. So there is the benefits as well. I think um, one of the reasons I started, so I've dabbled in business before, but this time around it was I was in my early 50s. And there is a real concern about ageism. You try and get a job in your 50s and early 60s. And it can prove difficult. I've got lots of friends and family who have found getting back to work tough. Whereas this way, I thought, I, I'm employing myself. So I hopefully won't be sucking myself. I can have that freedom to work for as long as I want. And if it's around topics that I love talking about, writing about, and work that matters, then there is no real need to retire if I so choose. Mm-hmm. So that freedom as well. Great.
2: Yeah, no, I think that's
1: great. And I think um, one of the things that hit home was um somebody in our family, um you know, there are instances of dementia and Alzheimer's, and you're told, aren't you, that the more you can keep your mind active, and I thought, oh, this is a good way to keep my mind active. I'll always have to learn new things.
2: Yeah and i do think people are changing their mindset around um you know working for x number of years and then retiring and doing nothing i yeah. think actually for me it's been very important that i've had a mixture of doing the fun stuff and working and i can't see there being an end to that that's kind of you know i'm sure at some point i'll slow down and i'll do yeah. less yeah. but i for me it's just about creating a life that involves you know the work stuff the business stuff but also lots of fun stuff at the same time while I can as well because yeah. what I don't want to do is get to an age where suddenly I'm like oh I can retire now um but I can't do the things that I wanted to do when I was younger yeah. because I'm not able to do them anymore so yeah. so I think having that balance between the two is is really important
1: okay no no that makes complete sense so, all right. So somebody has decided um, that they're going to start their own business because of the freedom, all sorts of different types that we've just talked about. Um, and they're ready to jump in. What advice would you give? So there's two parts of the question. One, do you have advice on to, for people on what sort of business? Because... One of the things I did was I used to – I still can cook. I enjoy cooking. And someone said, oh, Tasman, I'll pay you for it. And within no time at all, I was setting up my own catering business without thinking too much about it. And that Mm -hmm. lasted 18 months, and I discovered it wasn't for me. It was a wrong choice. So that was one question. How do people choose? And also then what are the pitfalls – what are the struggles in owning your own business? Wow, that's a lot. <laughs> that's a
2: lot. <laughs> okay, so in terms of what to do, I think, I think I, you hear this a lot when people say, you know, what is it you love to do? You should do that for your business. I don't necessarily agree because I think for some things, so for example, you know, you mentioned out there that I like to run and I do, I love running. But if I turned that into a business in some way, then that wouldn't it would take the enjoyment out of it a little bit mm. for me because you know that's what I do for pleasure outside of work. So I so I think when you're thinking about what to do, look at yes, you need to enjoy what you're doing. You need to really have, and when I say mission, I don't mean necessarily I'm gonna change the world. I just mean you need to have a, a reason for doing it. What is it you're trying to achieve? Because once you know who you're trying to help and how you how you can help them. Then you can kind of work out what you what you do, does that make sense? What you physically do all day. Yeah. Um, so for me, going into the SEO world, it was really about helping see clients achieve their goals, helping them generate leads, and SEO is just the conduit for that. It's mm-hmm. not that I sort of sat down and said, I want to be an SEO, it was mm-hmm. you know, I wanted to help these businesses to to make the most of the internet and see what they could do um, online. So I think. Think about, and also, you know, your skill set, what you enjoy doing, who you want to help, and then you can work out how you're going to help them. I think they're the main things in terms of what to do. Um, in terms of pitfalls, be realistic about how tough it's going to be at, in the out, on the outset. You're going to have to work really hard to start with, and you're probably going to have to work a lot of hours um, because it takes time. So be prepared for the first year or two to ensure you have from a financial point of view you have that money sat there that so you're not kind of in this in this place where you're feeling desperation that you need to get clients on board because if you don't you can't pay the bills that's a really difficult place to be and that comes across actually when you're talking to other businesses or talking to potential clients Um, so that's the first thing is make sure financially you know you can afford to do this for a period of time. You could do it alongside your current job if that's what you wanted to do but again you need to be prepared that you're going to have to put put the hours in up front it's not easy and also you need to you know you need to kind of expand your skill range out because when you first start out there is no IT department or there is no someone to help you with HR so you need to learn a lot yourself um but also then also build your network up so that you you do have other business owners to talk to. You do have people with different expertise that where you can just go and grab a coffee and you can help them with something and they can help you with something. Because um, mm. it can be a really, really lonely place otherwise. Um, so that's like about 15 billion things in two minutes. But hopefully
1: that's helpful. No, it, you know, a lot of what you said just you know it resonates so much that you almost you you obviously need to have you know, those financial targets. Now, that can change, but you need to start off with something. Otherwise, you've got nothing mm-hmm. to aim for. But in a way, um, not need that money. I agree completely with what you just said, not need that money, because it doesn't come the way you want it to. Um, it doesn't come often from where you thought it would come. You have to be really fluid about it and and equally with learning lots of things sorry I was gonna say
2: think about the fact that that is your business not you I think that's a really important thing is to separate yourself from the business because if you don't it becomes very
1: difficult to grow yeah yeah and um to keep on being knocked back because there will be knockbacks there will be You'll think you've got the brilliantest of ideas and, you know, why doesn't everybody want it for themselves and their, you know, next door neighbour? But it takes time for that reputation to grow and for you to grow. Yeah. 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 So, so we've got the hard work, like you said, the financial side of it, um, constantly having to learn. is is something I mean somebody some people would say that is a good thing because you know using your mind um and that it can be lonely and it was good that you, you mentioned find other business owners that will help you with with that because they'll they'll be able to share some things but yeah I think I think those are things that you even touched on um, during the talk, the fact that time management and all of that, and we'll talk a little bit more about what people can do after the break. Um, but this isn't to paint a doom and gloom picture of it. You and I both seem to be enjoying the fact that this is where we are.
2: Yeah, I think it's just being realistic about the early days. Once you become more established and you get to the point where you can grow and bring... Not necessarily bring. I, I'm a great believer that you should have at least one person working with you um, to support you. And and I talked about that, you know, yeah. writing SEO around. If you've got administrative tasks or bookkeeping or social media scheduling or all those kinds of things that um, you could hand over to somebody else quite easily, mm. then as soon as you get to the position where you can do that, I've, I'm a strong believer you should because that frees up your time to do the more important stuff and work on your business. Um, So, yeah, I mean, it's great when you get there. It takes time in the beginning. Some people get there more quickly than others. um, But it is changing your mindset from, as I said, being your business to running a business. And that's when the big shift comes. And at that point, that's when you can start to create a lot more freedom in your Mm. day, day to day, where you don't have to be, you don't have to feel like you you have to be at the end of the phone 24-7. Or email these days. No one rings anyone anymore to that. No. <laughs> um, but getting to that stage, I think, is a big a big shift mm. where you see yourself separate from your business.
1: Which which of those pitfalls hurt you the most or, or impacted you the most? Oh gosh. Actually it was it was probably
2: a different one to that. It was when we first took our, our first person on, when we first employed mm. somebody. Um because my expectations about what that person would be able to do were way too high not in terms of them because they were a great asset to the company when they joined us but actually at the time I needed someone to do you know some creative work and to do some like administrative work and project manage this thing over here and and so many different types of skills and actually you can't get that in one person and I didn't understand that at the time Mm. Um, and so we took somebody on with a with a role that they were never going to be able to fulfill. So that was probably our biggest mistake Mm. because we then had to find them a role because I wasn't going to, that was down to me. I had to then create the role for them, which didn't really exist. Um, Mm. And we still then had all the other stuff and we couldn't afford to take anybody else on at that
1: stage. So that's probably the biggest mistake that we made. And you know, if you've been um, working for a different org for an organisation, hiring skills are not something that you're going to be um, clued on about. No,
2: no. And and you know, it's accepting that somebody that you bring in is not going to be the same as you. They don't, you know, regardless of how loyal they are to your business, then they, they mm-hmm. don't care about it in the same way you do. Yeah. So it's it's when you come to understand that it gets a lot easier. But i I've, I've just had no idea in the early days
1: yeah no um it it brings me back to um somebody that i hired at the cookery when i was running my catering business and i think i was so lonely that i hired the first person that came through and they weren't skilled in the way i needed them to be skilled i just like you said the loneliness can get to you mhm gosh we've covered lots and we've we've not even been talking for like 20 minutes so we're going to take a short break now and then after the break, it'd be good if we can talk about things that people can do to alleviate some of those pitfalls. I know we've touched on some of them now, but maybe um, go into things that you mentioned during your talk at Brighton.
0: SEOs and marketers, you're going to like this one. I want to tell you about Wix Studio, the platform that gives agencies total creative freedom to deliver complex client sites while still smashing deadlines. Let's start off with SEO. It's at the core of Wix Studio, baked into every edit, update and action you take. Best in class defaults, automations and bulk actions free up time, and you can customise at scale for more control. With Wix Studio, you can say goodbye to endless plugins and hello to native integrations with Google, Facebook, Instagram, Amazon, TikTok, and many more. And on the creation side, you can efficiently bring your most ambitious projects to life thanks to smart design features, flexible dev tools, integrated business solutions, and seamless workflows. Even after clients take over, built-ins like automatic redirects help sites stay optimized for long-term growth. Speaking of growth, you can track every campaign against client KPIs and automate monthly emails to share learnings with clients. All this backed by fast, resilient infrastructure that's built to scale. Get started with Wix Studio today at wix.com forward slash studio. Hello, it's Sarah here. Thanks for listening to the SEO Mindset podcast. If you enjoy what me and Tasman do and you want to support us, there are many different ways that you can do just that. You can give us a one-off donation over on our Buy Me A Coffee page. There'll be a link in the show notes, but the URL is theseomindset.co.uk forward slash coffee. You can also sign up to our newsletter. Again, link in the show notes or go to theseomindset.co.uk forward slash newsletter. And by signing up, You can keep up to date with the latest news and updates from me, Tasmin, and the podcast. We promise we'll never spam you, and you can, of course, unsubscribe at any time. Working on international websites and campaigns can be exciting and rewarding, but it can be challenging, frustrating, and sometimes even a little bit lonely. The International Search Summit is dedicated to all things international search and will bring together digital marketers from over 30 countries to learn, share and connect in beautiful Barcelona. The three track 30 speaker agenda covers a whole host of topics across international SEO, content and paid search and is the perfect event for anyone working for global brands or clients. It's happening on the 16th of November, 2023, and listeners of this podcast can save 10% on tickets with the code SEOmindset. That code again is SEOmindset. All you need to do is head on over to theseomindset.co.uk forward slash search summit to find out more and book your place. Don't worry, I'll pop a link in the show notes and I'll also put the code in there too.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to us having a big talk with um, with Claire about starting businesses, the pitfalls, and we've covered lots in the first half, we've covered loneliness and time management and hiring and the financial side of it. So um, right at the beginning, we talked about the great reasons why you would start a business and that being freedom. And then we went on to what could sound like quite a doom and gloom picture of it. What are the ways that people can navigate that journey?
2: I think the first thing that I think is really important for businesses to have, regardless of how big or small you are, is your strategy. And small businesses are really bad at putting a strategy in place. Um, And your strategy is really, you know, your roadmap, if you like, you know, why you exist. Who you're helping, what you do, what your goals are, and how you're going to get there. And if you don't have that, it's really easy to just drift, and you never really get anywhere, or you never really grow, and you don't really know where you're going in the first place. So I think that's the first thing that I would say every business should have in place. we got, and it feels silly, right? If you're working, if you're on your own, you're writing out your strategy. It can feel a bit silly, but once you've done it, and then, and then you know what you need to do. Um, to get there because you can then work backwards and think right this is what my goals are this is how I need this is how where I need to be in six months three months two months and you can work back then so that you can see what you you need to do on a day-to-day basis to get towards those goals otherwise you're just kind of drifting drifting along Mm -hmm. that's the first thing I'd say Um, The second thing is to make sure that you have systems in place. And again, this can feel a bit silly if you're on your own because everything you know is in your head. But until you get it out of your head and documented in some way, whether that's written out somewhere, using Loom, Loom is really good for systems because you can show people how to do stuff as well. Um, But I think once you have that in place, it then enables you to grow much more easily because anyone coming into your business can find out exactly what how you do everything in your business already. And so it's easier for them to pick anything up. Um, and it, it enables you to not have to have everything in your head all the time, which can get too much, right? And then you forget stuff and then you might do something slightly differently than you did it last time. And then your client might be confused because it's not what they're expecting from you. Um, so yes, yeah, it's definitely the first, the first two things, strategy and systems, I think are the most important
1: things. Um I hundred percent agree with you on that. And I I've once sat outside the barbers when my husband was having a haircut, um, scribbling what I considered my first strategy on it in an exercise book. But and it changed it the strategy changes, but I find that I have to revisit it more than if for example I was working in a big organization where things are bedded in they know their staff whereas I was learning a lot I didn't even know I would be passed for a podcast so that changed things slightly and um but it's a good refresher as well just to keep you on track all the time
2: yeah, and so how,
1: so how often do you refer to it now do you think less than I well I suppose um, things are changing quite a lot. So for example, I didn't think I would do corporate training. And that's becoming more part of it. So I had to take a step back and say, okay, where does this fit in? Is this still me being true to myself? Am I talking about things that are important to me? Can I add value to those people? And because I, I certainly don't want to be a big organization, I don't want to have lots of um, employees that I don't want to grow that much. I'm quite happy to be on my own with a few people helping. Then it's taking a step back saying, what's the return on investment for my time here? Does it match what I what I want my lifestyle to be like? So it's those sorts of things. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, perfect sense. Perfect sense. Um
2: but well, that's the prece- good, so many people don't so many people don't do it. So you know you're
1: way, way ahead. Well, again, that was um, after Brighton. That was the other thing I did, was take a step back, thinking, okay, um, strategy, um, let's let's put this in place. But the procedure thing that you've mentioned, people may think it's just for a big company. But even, I would say, even on the podcast that Sarah and I do together, I'm now feeling that actually we need to put... um, For example, when we invite guests, some templates, Sarah's good at that as well. Um, So we are working uniformly because she's different to me, I'm different to her. Um, If we did hire someone to do a little bit of work for us, all of those procedures are already in place. So that's it just saves time, keeps things uniform. So that's a really good tip.
2: It's really good as well from a... An emotional standpoint so for example if you have like you know a system in place for dealing with complaints it takes Mm. the emotion out of it because you know that it's dealt with in a certain way so whatever your relationship is with that person because I don't know about you but I actually you know I I work quite closely with my clients and we have quite strong relationships so if there was ever a, a situation where there was a complaint about anything I know that I can refer to my system that I have because it's everybody's treated the same regardless. And therefore, mm-hmm. it takes the emotion away from it. And that can be quite difficult, especially for small businesses, because it's it feels very
1: personal. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think systems are really useful in lots of different ways. Yeah. And um, I just want to navigate the conversation slightly to those people listening who don't have their own businesses um, and not even and thinking... How is this strategy thing important to me? I would urge people to think of themselves as entrepreneurs, even if they're working in corporations, in terms of their own career progression. Think of yourself as a business owner. What is it that you want to be doing? Who do you want to be serving? Have some direction in your career. Otherwise, what happens is your manager will sit you down and say, These are the company goals. These are things I want you to learn, go off and do it. I'm not saying you shouldn't do those things. But if you have some idea of, you know, I'd like to be presenting more or I'd like to be researching more, you can at least put that on the table and see how that fits in. Yeah, absolutely. You have your own kind of
2: personal strategy. Yeah, <laughs> almost. Yeah. I think that's great. Yeah, I think everyone should everyone should have an idea of what what they want their life to look like. And that can feel, especially if you're young, like I'm a bit older, I'm in my 40s now. But, you know, when you're starting out, it can feel a bit kind of like, well, I don't know what I want to be doing in 20 years. But um, yeah. even if you're doing it for the next few years, just so you get an idea of where you want to be heading, it can be really useful to help keep you on track because it's easy to get carried away yeah. with what's happening around you and forget what yeah. it is that you actually want to be focused on. Yeah. So no, I no. think that's a great idea.
1: So right, so we've gone through lots of things that people can do to um, you know, navigate those pitfalls. But what about your mindset on things like that? Because that's that's key, isn't it?
2: Yeah, I think it is. It is that whole, you know, CEO, like, it's CEO mindset. It sounds like a bit of a cliche and I suppose it is. But it's it's so true is having that mindset that you are running the business, that you are not the business. And, mm-hmm. and getting to the stage where actually if you step away from it, it's still going to actually run day to day without you there. And that's really where you need to be getting to. Um, and that takes a lot of work for some people, because as business owners, when we start out on our own, we want to be in the thick of it. We mm-hmm. want to be there doing everything for our clients. We want to be at the end. You know, we want to be very reactive when they get in touch with us. and We don't know how to set proper boundaries and all this kind of stuff. But unless you you kind of focus on the fact that you are the business owner instead of being the business, if that makes sense, you, it's really difficult to grow properly and to, and to move that business forward because you don't want to let go of anything. You mm-hmm. want to do it all yourself because you know you're, you think that you can do it better than anybody else because you care the most. Mm-hmm. It's not your baby. Your business is not your baby. Your business is an organization and you are the one running it. And it's, it's really, it's really that shift that makes the difference, I believe, in the success of a business. Oh, that pierced my heart, Claire.
1: (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Because I think that's, that's a really hard one. Um, Yeah, I, I have, I'm I'm rubbish at, boundary setting is something I really need to get better at, especially with my one-to-one clients. They'll ask me, oh, you know, how often can we, do we have one-to-ones? And I say, oh, you yeah, know, this often. And then I'm thinking, yeah, but if you ever need me, <laughs> you know where I am. Yeah, do. yeah, I don't want you to be stuck. That's, yeah. that's the thing I keep on saying. I don't want you to be stuck. Um, just message me, even if I can, you yeah, know, I'll get you get a voice note to you so that you can move forward with that thing. And I think with my one-to-one clients, that's a really hard thing to do.
2: Mm-hmm. I mean, if people, they- I think there are there are different levels around boundaries. So if someone's paying for one-to-one support and they're paying you a premium for that, yeah. and you've agreed with them what those boundaries are up front, then that's one thing. I'm not saying you shouldn't ever reply out of hours or anything no, like, you no. know, if one of our clients' websites went down, we wouldn't just say, Oh, sorry, you'll have to wait till you know, two o'clock on Tuesday when I'm, when yeah. I'm due to do my client communication. You know, we there are instances where we have to react. But it's about setting boundaries that work for you and then making sure you stick to them, whatever they are. So Mm -hmm. if you know that your one one-to-one clients, they're going to get support whenever you've agreed that with them. So you might say, right, you can contact me in the evening. I will get back to you by, you know, within X number of hours or whatever it is. As long as you're happy with that and they know what that looks like, Mm -hmm. then that's absolutely fine. It's when people start pushing that and pushing it and pushing it and pushing it Mm-hmm. And then the expectation is that you're going to be replying outside of those boundaries that you've set. I think that's when you can get into to problems. Um, it can be very draining.
1: Yeah. No. Um. I I do hear what you're saying. I think I'm I'm a way off being being able to do that right now. Um. One thing that has helped my um helped me shift. Uh, you know, my mindset shift has been being optimistic now i'm generally an optimistic okay. person but when you've had you know a knock back here and you think oh, yeah, i don't know how long i can carry on with this if you wake up or when I, I was waking up not so long ago every morning feeling um quite drained and quite like i was going into battle every day And I had to remind myself of all the things that the business was giving me and almost um, start thinking higher than I was feeling first thing uh, and reminding myself it's another day, it's another opportunity, another chance to learn how to do things in a way that will work. How important do you think things like optimism are? Oh,
2: really important. And actually what you said there about starting off the mornings that way, I think is critical because and i know again you know the whole morning routine cliche thing, mm. but i really believe it's it it works so if mm. if you start your day feeling quite low it's going to carry through your whole day yeah whereas if you do something that makes you feel good whether that's you know sitting in the peace and quiet having a coffee in the morning or you know going for a walk or whatever it is that lights you up just for yeah. a short period of time yeah. that then helps carry you through into the day and helps you feel a little bit more prepared and you know, trying to force yourself even to feel optimism when it when yeah. it's not there naturally. I think it can really help. Otherwise, your whole day is like you just getting through the day, just get to the end of the day. You know, and yeah. that's not a good place to be.
1: No. And and you know, the people that you talk to, like you mentioned earlier, that when you are operating in that scarcity zone, your clients will feel it. People will feel it when you're working at that negative energy people again will feel that. Yeah,
2: yeah, I think so. And also, you don't always necessarily attract the right clients to you then either. Yeah. Um, And I don't mean that in a woo-woo manifestation kind of way, but I mean it in a, you know, when you're talking to people, talking to prospects, if you can be honest and open with them, Mm -hmm. then I think that that relationship that's so important is then built on honesty and trust. Whereas if you're saying things to them because you you're desperate because you need that income then you're you're not necessarily taking the right clients on board anyway you might end up working with people and I've done this before you end up working with somebody and then short while later it's like this is wrong this is not good this is not a good relationship you know they're a a great person they have a great business but we're just not a very good match um and trying to avoid that I think is quite important because it's it's not a nice thing to go through no when you're, um, not, when you're not aligned
1: no and and you end up um doing more harm than good to to both of you so there's i way back when some, when i heard someone saying that i thought yeah but you know you are starting a business you just have to go for it but i definitely feel what you're saying now
2: yeah, yeah. and it is hard in the early days because you do you know like oh we need to get people on board you know the income level's not there And we ended up in a position where we were working with somebody. And, I, you know, it was one of those situations where they weren't being horrible or nasty or anything, but they were very demanding. And they were demanding of us things that we hadn't agreed up front. And we were kind of like, oh, maybe we can do this. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, it was the whole waking up in the middle of the night, worrying about it, dreading getting an email from them or a phone call from them. And it just made life miserable. And so in the end, we just ended up, Sacking, sacking them. I don't know how <laughs> what to say yeah. it. Like, Sorry, but I don't think we can work together anymore. Mm-hmm. And do you know what? It was one of the scariest things I've done. But the moment it was over, there was this massive feeling of relief. Yeah. Because I just knew it wasn't it wasn't right for them or us. Um yeah. So sometimes you have to do stuff that is a bit oh, scary. Yeah.
1: Again, mindset. It's just part yeah, of it, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I feel like we haven't even scratched the surface of this topic, Claire. There's so much to it. It is a big topic. Maybe we have another chat um, on, bring you back on again, because there's so many things that I want to ask you, um, but definitely it's been really, really valuable. What, What one key takeaway would you want to give people from this episode? I think the key thing is that, you know, you're, this is
2: about you and your life really. And what do you what do you really want to be doing with your life? How do you really want to spend your days? Do you really want to spend like, you know, ten, twelve hours a day sat sat at your desk? If that's what you love doing, great. That's mm-hmm. you know, that's good for you. But most people don't want to do that. Most people want to do mm-hmm. other things as well. So I think the key is to work out what it is you really want to do, how you want to spend your time, because then you can start putting things in place to get you there.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: That's
1: that brilliant no, and as yeah, no, I agree with you. What's the best career you've um, advice you've ever received? The best career advice,
2: I think this was one of those, and I don't even know where it came from, but it was it's a quote from someone very famous, I'm sure, and it was um, if you're going to do something that scares you or you're uncomfortable about, is to ask yourself what's the worst thing that can happen. And then, when you've thought about what the worst thing is that can happen, you can then mitigate for that eventuality. And then, actually, it doesn't seem too bad anymore. I think that's
1: probably the best advice I've had. And I, I still do, can't remember who's quoted it, but. Um, I received something similar. There was, um, there's there's an organization called Mancroft International, they have a course called The Winning Edge. They were running that course with my ag- organization. And that's what he said, and he uh, he told you to visualize um, yourself walking on a ladder, um, and you know, really, how far was that that ladder going to? What's what was the drop? That's how he got you to visualize. What's the worst that can happen? Um, and that that really helps because it enables you to take risks that previously you might not have taken. That's a really good one. So. We also ask our guests to um, take this opportunity to give a shout out to somebody in the industry that's doing some really good work. Who comes to mind for you?
2: Do you know what? I have only this year started getting involved in the SEO community. Yeah. So I am i don't really know that many people. So I'd okay. have to say you, my darling. <laughs> take I, it. No, no I, because I love, I love what you're bringing into it because it's so, there's this whole kind of, hustle I don't even like that phrase either yeah. hustle culture around SEO because there's always more to do doesn't yeah. matter what website you're working on there's always more to do yeah. and actually what you're doing in bringing in a different take on it all and thinking about it from a holistic viewpoint and how we need to look after ourselves as well yeah. I think that's really important work so so yeah no kudos to you I think it's oh,
1: great what you're doing thank you and you know I I honestly believe it because um If you're not looking after yourself, and you mentioned morning routine, morning routine conjures up, you know, hustle and CEOs and entrepreneurs getting up up at like three o'clock in the morning, running around um, in the rain. But there's one book called The Morning Miracle. I'm not sure if you've read it. And Mm -hmm. the thing I've read it, yeah. So if you look at Savers, what it's telling you to do is um, it's nurturing your mind, it's nurturing your body and it's nurturing your spirit. And that's what self-care tells you to do. So self-care seems to have this um, culture around being quite fluffy and quite, um, you know, go for a spa day, whereas morning routine is, oh, go out there and get it. But it's doing the same thing. And Mm -hmm. if you're not looking after yourself, you're not, you certainly aren't um working at full capacity and what is it that you're telling yourself you, that you're worth as well because that's key isn't it in doing anything if you yeah. don't believe you're worth it then you you're only going to go for things that you believe that you can afford not just financially but um spiritually intellectually and when you look after yourself you're telling yourself actually I am worth that time money investment in me and you're going to then be able to do far more than if you hustle your way there. Yeah,
2: that's why I think it's so important because it's not something I've seen before. And I said I'm new to the in, like I'm new to the to getting to know other people in the industry. Obviously, I've been doing SEO for a long time, but yeah,
1: I just think that's great because it's it's something that's not talked about enough. I'll keep talking. Somebody told me to rebrand myself as Auntie Taz. <laughs> Tell
2: everyone <laughs> you to, look at to that. <laughs> you could have a little column you could have a little agony Aunt column yeah. on um, in linkedin or something <laughs>
1: yeah it has what should i do here all right i'll have to go and look at my strategy <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh well, thank yeah. you so much all right so i'm just going to do a little bit of wrap up and then we'll say goodbye um it's a reminder to everyone that if you're enjoying what sarah and i are doing Ways that you can support us are the um, buy me a coffee link, which is on the website, and signing up to our newsletter. Again, the link is on our website. Claire, thank you so much for this. It's been so much fun. And like I said, I don't feel like we've really scratched the surface. So I think we may have another conversation um, further on. Sounds great. Thank you for asking me on. It's been good. Yeah, it's been good fun. I've enjoyed it. Okay, take care and everyone, bye for now.
0: SEOs and marketeers, have you checked out Wix Studio, the new web creation platform agencies are using? With Wix Studio, you get best-in-class defaults and automations, native integrations, and smart, flexible tools to deliver complex client sites at scale. Even after clients take over, built-ins like Automatic Redirects help sites stay optimized for long-term growth. Speaking of growth, you can track every campaign against client KPIs and automate monthly emails to share learnings with clients. All this backed by fast, resilient infrastructure that's built to scale. Get started with Wix Studio today. Check out wix.com forward slash studio.